0: Greetings, new wineskin community. So good to worship with you and be able to share good news that um, is announced in Jesus Christ. For us today, uh, I'm going to be reading from an epistle lesson. So in the lectionary, there is a a collection of readings that uh, historically the church has used on, especially on Sundays, for preaching texts. And there's gospel lessons, Old Testament lessons, Lessons from the Psalms, and then there's always a lesson from the from the Epistles. That's in the New Testament; those letters, those shorter books that are after the the Gospels and the Book of Acts. And one of those little Epistles is Second Timothy. And I really like this little book. It's very short, but um, I'm going to be reading Second Timothy one one through fourteen. Um, excuse me. I'll just read verses six through eight, actually, is because it's what what we're going to be focusing on. So. T- 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 through 8. And we don't know for sure if this was written from Paul to Timothy um, or if it was written by um, someone else that was kind of a follower of Paul. Um, but what we, what we do know is this is written as an encouragement. It is written at, from kind of a mentor to a mentee, and that's the relationship that Paul and Timothy would have had. Timothy was one of many people that Paul poured into and discipled and um, trained uh, to be a, a, a missionary and an apostle of the good news of Jesus Christ. And, um, and so he gives these words of encouragement uh, to Timothy, um, and I want to have them be words of encouragement for us today. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed, then, of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in... Suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. Amen. And so, this community um, of New Wineskins, something that to me makes us uh, special, something that I, that I love about who we are, is that we are all people that have been called by God to be bold and courageous in the world beyond the church. So whether that's with our families or in our workplaces or in our neighborhoods um, or other spaces where we've been called, what we often focus on is how can we follow Jesus, how can we be active and courageous disciples um, outside of the more conventional ministries of the church, but in in our neighborhoods in relational ways. And that work, that, that calling is both invigorating and exciting and beautiful. Uh, it's an adventure. There's wonder uh, and discovery. And it's also uh, very scary. And it can be discouraging. And there are times where we feel like we fail. There are a lot of times when we're disoriented and we're heading into the unknown. We're taking risks that could um, not turn out, You know, doing things that don't turn out the way we hoped they would. Um, and this is true not only because we're trying to live our lives uh, in in outside of the church, sometimes without you know an institution behind us or a program to cover ourselves in. We're kind of doing this all of us as um as both as guinea pigs and as pioneers, you know, putting ourselves out there in the world. And this isn't just the case with our with mission, it's also the case with just life. like by trying to grow and heal. And become whole as children of God, um, we have to face risk and difficulty uh, and discouragement and failure. Like just trying to be whole. Because when we are healing and transforming into the fullness of Christ, it's to me it's a lot like, like physical therapy. I haven't done a lot of physical therapy, but I've talked with and prayed with a lot of people in the midst of physical therapy. And, Literally to like get your muscles and ligaments and bones back to the way they were after surgery or an injury is can tr- be tremendously painful and takes great courage and someone kind of holding your hand along the way to say you need to bend your knee further than you think it can go to to re- regain the motion or you need to go and walk and push yourself further than you thought you could go. And so it takes it takes courage, and we might fail, and there might be setbacks, and it might feel disorienting, but that's the way that we heal and, and the way we become whole. And so I, I start with all of that. I start with the fact that that life can be hard and that living on mission in the world can be hard, taking risks, making decisions, and going on adventures with Jesus, all of that. I start with that. Because one of the words that we read says, God did not give us a spirit of timidity or of fear or of cowardice. The word was cowardice in the translation I have, but that word can also mean timidity or fear. God did not give us that spirit. And so what I want to say about that is that in the face of risks, in the face of discouragement, in those moments when we feel like we didn't have our expectations met or we might have failed, Um, in those times where we're afraid of the unknown, God does not give us a spirit of timidity or of fear or of cowardice. We might grow afraid. We might become timid. We might hold back, right? I certainly feel that way when I've been called to do something in my neighborhood or meet a new person or try something that I've never tried before. But when I have that feeling of fear, um, or when I tell myself, you can't do that, shouldn't do that, and I become timid, and I let it hold me back, I, I have to remember, and I'm reminding you today through this passage, that that's not from God. You know, God, the Spirit of God does give us wisdom, and does give us insight, and does call us into mystery, and to call things into question, but but that is a little different than a, than a spirit of timidity, or of cowardice. And I think that that is something we can often tell. And so I just want to remind you of that. Um, and that spirit of timidity or fear, I, I also want to just point out that we are quite familiar with it. Like it's a very common spirit for all of us. It manifests its way itself in different ways for each of our personalities, but it is a very common thing to be afraid. And and what that spirit, not the spirit of God, but the spirit of cowardice and timidity does is it sets boundaries for us in our imagination. And so uh, let me me just try to give you an example. I right now am trying to knock on doors in my neighborhood. I'm not saying everyone's called to do this, but I have felt invited to do this from God. I've been called to, to set up a new Facebook page and invite people to it. And to start uh, trying to build the fabric, the social fabric in our neighborhood in ways that maybe it isn't it doesn't exist right now, and every single step of this path for me, I feel a spirit of timidity and cowardice creeping in and and it begins to set for me these limits and boundaries to what I think is possible and i that that spirit of cowardice starts to say things like, "Ray, if you do this." People are going to label you as a weird person or as a salesman or as uh, they're going to see you're a pastor and think you're up to some kind of convoluted thing um, to try to convert them. All of these, this spirit of fear starts just surrounding the things that I've been called to do, the risks that I've been called to take. and they And it starts to edge out all of the possibilities. And the other thing that spirit of cowardice and timidity does is it It shows me all of the worst-case scenarios and blinds me to all of the best-case scenarios. (laughs) That spirit has a way of being like a set of glasses that makes me colorblind. Like, I can only see the the things that couldn't work or won't work, instead of seeing all the possible things that could. Um, And so, that spirit begins to set parameters for us. And I want to challenge you today, as you're hearing this, to, to ask yourself, where you have certain boundaries, where you have uh, set for yourself limits, and whether or not those boundaries and limits have been set by God or by the spirit of timidity or fear. Um, I do want to say God absolutely honors and loves and sets boundaries for us and with us and calls us to do that. And so limits and boundaries are good. They can be good in and of themselves, especially when they're set by God. But that's different than the, the, the limits that get set by our fear and by all of the negative thinking that, that can creep into the things that we're being invited to do. And so for you, this might be something completely different. It might not be doing the stuff I'm called to do in my neighborhood. It might be a conversation that you have been thinking about having with someone or a change in your career or uh, doing something in your community, uh, trying something new or, or, yeah, I mean, just on and on you can see that spirit creeping in. So we're told in the scriptures, God does not give us that spirit. Okay? Um, God does not give us that spirit. And there are just so many ways that that spirit creeps into us. Whenever we try to be our authentic selves, when our authentic self is strange, we think, or unusual, or requires vulnerability, then that spirit can creep in, a fear. When we are called to do something we're, we've never done before, that spirit can creep in, something we don't feel like we're an expert in. Um, when we do something, we take a risk, and our expectations aren't met, that spirit comes in and says, hey, I told you so. See, it didn't work. Um, when we uh, get a response from someone that that we were fearing or dreading, um, that spirit comes in and says, see, uh, people don't want to do this with you, or you're wrong, you know, That spirit comes in. So so the writer of 2 Timothy is aware that in our lives with Christ, in our life of following Jesus, as we are called to heal, as we are called to follow Christ in the world, we are going to take risks. We are going to do things that are difficult. We're going to face discouragement and failure. And that spirit is going to creep in. That is not a question. That's a statement of fact. But where we need to return to our faith is to say that spirit is not of God. And this is why it is so important that we have the ability to access our feelings. Because our feelings are part of what help us understand if we're afraid, right? Sometimes we our bodies tell us we're scared. Sometimes our behavior can tell us we're scared. Um, Or that we're that we're leaning into cowardice or timidity But we have to get good at that so that we can say you know what I'm afraid right now Or I'm acting out of a spirit and thinking out of a spirit of timidity So that we can be aware of what's going on and then we can begin to work on it and return to our faith and say God was Are you are you setting up this limit for me? Or is this coming from a spirit? That's not your Holy Spirit? so it's really important that we're good at recognizing those characteristics a couple of, <laughs> of Analogies, I remember a couple years ago um, It was around fall like this and a cold front moved in and in the middle of the night in my stupor of sleep I started getting really cold and I'm the last one to get cold in the house like if I'm cold that means Megan has her feet have turned to ice um, or, and that our children are finding new blankets. And so if I'm cold, something's wrong. And, um, th- and I realized that I, on a nice day, the day before had left a window open and cold air was coming in I had to run through the house and I was so tired and I had to find out where it was that I had left this window open. So I had to find the source, um, that, that was not allowing me to be, to be warm. Another story, this happens like every couple of weeks on our stove, Um, I will be cooking something on a skillet and nothing is happening. There's no sizzle. There's uh, no change in in what I'm cooking. And I'm sitting there going, what is wrong with this pan? Why isn't this burner working? And I look down and I have the wrong burner on. I've got the back burner on and I'm on the front burner. And I have not turned on the heat to heat the the skillet. And so I, I share these examples because we have to do... This work of wondering, why are things not right here? Something's off, right, in my body. Something's off in my feelings when we're trying to follow Jesus, when we're trying to heal. And we've got to take the time to get up, um, the discomfort, the embarrassment, and say, what what is going on here? And this is where we get to maybe my favorite favorite passage here in the scripture. And that is... um, Rekindle the gift of God that is within you. Um, that gift of God that Paul, or the writer of 2 Timothy, is talking about here is this flame. This flame of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God has been given to us. And, and we have to do the work of identifying, where have I let that, that flame of the Holy Spirit die. And by die, I don't mean completely be extinguished. I mean go down to a place where it's not giving off the heat. It's not giving off that um, that power and strength that that keeps us going and gives us encouragement. And so um, I love this, this word. The other word for rekindle is fan into flame. So some of the translations say fan into flame the gift of Of God that is within you Fan into flame the gift of God that is within you make sure the burner is on (laughs) You know, make sure it's working. I love to I love to camp and one of my favorite things about camping is a campfire and I'm the fire guy like I if I get if I can I start the fire I get the wood and one of the things I love is getting a fire re stoked in the morning so after sleeping you come outside, and the fire's died down overnight. And there, it looks like there's no fire. It looks like it's just ashes. And if you dig underneath the ashes a little bit and find a, maybe a piece of wood, you'll find that there's actually still embers of heat, of fire, that are there. And if you can find something dry, a piece of paper or leaves, um, pine needles, whatever, and you can place them right there where that ember is and, and maybe blow on it a little bit, give it some oxygen, and, and then start to fan into flame your fire. You can have your breakfast fire without lighting another match. And I, I like doing that. There's like a lot of pride for me in the wonder uh, of that that can happen and that we can do that. And so there's a few things here that are, that are really neat. One of them is, this is telling us, when, when Paul says rekindle or fan into flame, this is telling us that there are times in life when the flame of the Holy Spirit... I mean, who is God that lives in us has, has gotten weak? And it's not the spirit that's weak. I mean, it's it's got all that it needs for fire, all that it needs for a blazing furnace, but for whatever reason, it has died down overnight for us. And I, so I'm I like that. I like that image that's used here to say that sometimes it needs rekindling. And it needs rekindling in us. It means that we need to be putting fuel on that fire. We need to give attention and time so that what has been given to us, this ember of the Holy Spirit that is always there as a gift, that we need to do some work around starting that fire back up, getting the morning fuel. I mean, in some ways, I really think, for me at least, this is a morning thing. Like, I have to get up and start my fire in the morning. My my Holy Spirit fire. And so for me, that means I've got to check in and go, how am I today? What am I feeling today? And where do I need the Holy Spirit's ministry today? And what encouragement from the Holy Spirit do I need? And I talk to Jesus, I talk to God, and I I, I, I often journal, or I go for a walk, um, or, or I say some words of prayer. Some people like music. And so I just wanted to add some of the things we can do to, to um, fan the flame, that um, this rekindle the gift of God that is within you so that we can do the work God has called us to do. So I mentioned prayer. Uh, There are so many ways you may do that. Uh, Like I said, sometimes I need to do a little journal thing in the morning, but different seasons of my life, I I get on my knees and I talk to God and I ask God and invite God into my my heart and my life again. Um, Sometimes I go for a walk and I talk through things that might be going on if my head feels really busy and crowded with thoughts. Sometimes I just want to sit and be quiet and just let God's spirit um, that is in me kind of become awake on its own. And me, I want myself to become aware of it. Other people love music. Um, it doesn't always have to be religious music. I have a lot of secular music I listen to that 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 w- if I listen to the lyrics or the, the melody in a way with a mind of the spirit and it gets me going, it wakens, wakes me up, it fans the flame. Reading scripture... Is something a lot of people do, and I, I often feel called to do, is turning to the Psalms or turning to just one verse that you can focus on and, and repeating it again and again, or, or reading a, a story in scripture. Some of us have conversations with other people to fan that flame. Um, some of us just need to breathe. Um, so the word for spirit, like ruach, eh, that means breath. And so, we, If we can recognize that in our very life and heartbeat and breathing, um, God is present with us and focus on our breathing a little bit, it can return us to fan that flame. Sometimes nature, for me, a lot of times going on a walk under the trees or looking at the sky... Um, gives me perspective. It, it, it widens my horizon. It gets me outside of myself so that I can see the Spirit outside of myself and then I can see the Spirit inside of myself um, because of what I've seen in nature. And what all of this does, all, there, it, there are so many ways we can fan the flame. We can rekindle the gift of God that is within us. Um, and, and when we do that, it's resetting our minds to the things of God. It's replacing us and helping us to stand firmly in the, in the goodness of God's reality, of God's presence and love with us. And so that spirit that we do have, that we have to do some work rekindling, it gives us power and love and self-discipline, what is what the scripture says. We feel empowered and emboldened when the spirit is fanned into flame. This is how you know that the fire's working, that, it's, that the furnace is on. We start to feel encouraged and hopeful. We get a sense of security in God's promises. We have a sense that we're standing on the firm ground of God's grace, and we're, we're, we're less teetery. Um, it, we have love. That means we're filled with compassion and mercy. We look at others and our circumstances and we see God's love. And it gives us those things we see in First Corinthians 13, like patience and kindness. And um, it gives us these, these things that uh, we we need and, and that give us life. And it gives us self-discipline, um, this spirit of self-discipline. What that means to me is that it gives us a sense that we are we've been entrusted with a sacred gift to steward. That the Spirit lives in us and that the things we do and the way we love others and what we do with our hours and our time and our energy matters. That there's something eternal that God is up to in our short days here in history. But we get that sense of self-discipline that causes us to act and to do the things that are hard. And again, all of this comes back to the point, friends, that we are a people called by God to be bold and courageous and to take risks and to try new things and to, to look at the face of failure and discouragement and the unknown and to say, I have within me a gift that is God, God's Holy Spirit, and that I have what I need to fan that gift into flame so that I can not just do what I can do, But I can begin to do what only God can do. I can heal and be made whole myself. And I can be a part of the healing and wholeness that God is bringing about in the world. Because God lives within us. And that spirit gives us power and love and self-discipline. Thanks be to God. Rekindle that flame, friends, um, today and every day. Amen.